Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are studying the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we've been talking about some of His miracles. Now, in the last session, we covered three miracles, and we want to briefly go over them again before we touch on uh, some others. I want to say this, that John said that if all of the things that Jesus did were written down, there would not be enough volumes in the world, not, not enough libraries, let's say it this way, not enough libraries to contain all the books written. And I think that really has two meanings. Number one, because Jesus is God the Son. That means He's unlimited. And so what that tells me, and I guess it would tell us, is that every minute, Every, I mean, every second of every minute, of every day, of every week, of every year is a miracle because Jesus is alive and well, and he is the miracle worker. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So he is unlimited in his power and his ability. Much of the time, uh, our lack of knowledge, our lack of understanding, our doubts, our unbeliefs, our weaknesses, our infirmities, uh, limit what he can do on our behalf. And so uh, God gives us a cure for that, and that is uh, staying in his word and staying in prayer. Praise God. We'll talk about these two elements today as we go along. And also it mentions, it also speaks to me concerning the gospels and how that everything that was written in the gospels is for our account. In other words, everything that we need to know to live godly in Christ Jesus and to be successful and prosperous in life and in ministry is contained in the New Testament. I specifically like uh, the Gospels because uh, it's the Gospels that speak to me concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I also like and appreciate the epistles because the epistles are letters written to the churches. So if we want a vibrant, successful life, then we study the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and emulate him. Do everything he tells us to do. Complete and total obedience uh, to his every will and to his every wish. And if we want our churches to be strong and vibrant and successful, then we need to pay attention to the epistles, those things that uh, the apostles wrote to us concerning uh, what we need to do and what we need to be in order to have a successful church. Praise God. Amen. And so we're going to talk about some of the miracles of the Lord Jesus today. But before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Father in heaven, I thank you for the Holy Ghost that leads, guides, and directs us in the affairs of life, and that will open up our hearts and minds to your word. So, Spirit of the living God, speak to us today through the word of God, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. In the last session, we talked about three miracles that Jesus did. The first one we talked about was how Jesus stilled uh, the tempest. And we found out that when Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the uh, stern of the boat, it was because he was exhausted. He had spent all day ministering, and the amount of power and virtue that went out of him certainly would exhaust 
uh, someone. Praise God. I mean, we see that today. And uh, men and women that have healing ministries, uh, they become so tired that uh, many a times they just have to go lay down. And so uh, there was a tremendous demand upon the Lord Jesus that day. So he was asleep on a pillow. And this is why uh, he was able to sleep in the midst of the storm that was filling the water, uh, threatening to sink uh, the boat as they were going across the, the Lake of Galilee. Uh, how that the waves were covering the boat <laughs> and how Mark records that the boat was filled with water. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, you know, and the disciples, they got so worried and so f- afraid and so scared. They woke Jesus up and, and asked him, said, don't you care that we perish? And but now here's the remarkable thing. Jesus arose and immediately rebuked the wind and the wind immediately ceased. Now, what is this? say to us? What does this speak to us? It speaks to us that uh, Jesus, there was no division between his natural man and his spiritual man. They were perfectly joined together. That's why we call Jesus the infinite God man. There was no separation there. His body was perfect. It was endowed with uh, all the divine nature. Of course, you know, Jesus is God, the son. He existed before the world was ever made. And, uh, you know, Paul tells us in Colossians that it was by him that the worlds were created. So, um, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, all perfectly one, all per- in perfect uh, unity. Amen. Praise God. But uh, three distinct um uh, persons in within the Godhead, but all of them in unity with one another. Amen. And so we see that uh, Jesus, uh, the fact that he was tired, yet his body was so uh, joined with his spirit, he was able to get up immediately and with authority and power command the wind to cease, and it did. Now that speaks to us. Now you and I, uh, we have uh, the... the uh, uh, the curse, I'll say it, the curse of our fallen nature that's uh, inherited uh, by uh, the, the fall of Adam. And so our body is not like unto Jesus' body, but the promise is this. And John said this, that uh, we don't know when he, Jesus is going to appear, but when he does, we'll see him. And when we see him, we'll be like him. In other words, the same uh, body that Jesus has is the same body that we will have. Amen. It will be a glorified body. We'll be in perfect union. Amen. With uh, the Godhead. And that's a tremendous uh, promise to us. But uh, but the, the other thing that I want us to see about this miracle is in verse 40, Jesus said to the disciples, why are you so fearful and how is it that you have no faith? What Jesus is intimating here, he's intimating that the disciples, if they knew who it was that was in the boat, if they had, if they knew the authority and the anointing that was in the boat, they could have done the very same thing Jesus did without having to wake him up. And the problem and the issue with the disciples was they did not realize it. And I'm telling you, that speaks so clearly to my soul and it speaks so clearly to all of us within the sound of my voice today. There is so much that God wants to rot through us and through the church 
but we just don't realize it. If we will take the time to study, read, meditate the Word of God and pray continually, we'll come into a realization, we'll come into the rev- a revelation of who exactly we are in Christ Jesus and where our place is in Him. And when we realize it, the things that we'll be able to accomplish will just absolutely amaze us. This is the place that the church has for us. I mean, this is the place that, that God has for the church today, corporately and individually. Amen. And we must get there. Praise the Lord. Now, the second miracle was the demoniac in, uh, in, uh, in Gerasa that was uh, delivered. And basically, Jesus commanded that spirit to come out, and that spirit came out. How did he do it? He did it through authority. He did it through power. And how does authority and power come? It comes, number one, authority comes through the Word of God. That's why it's so important to read, study, meditate the Word of God. Get it down. Get the Word down on the inside of you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Power comes through prayer. The first thing that prayer does is it begins to change us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Changes us and conforms us to God and to his will. Praise God. And when we have authority, when we know our authority and we have power, we command spirits and those spirits leave. Amen. Praise God. So that's the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live. Amen. And then the last miracle we talked about was Jairus' daughter being healed. And I think the key is when uh, the servants uh, came to Jairus and said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Jesus turned to Jairus and said, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And Jesus was saying to Jairus, don't fear because of an evil report. Just believe in me. And of course, Jairus, amen, he did. (laughs) He believed in the Lord Jesus, believed that the Lord would do what he needed to have done. And that's exactly what happened. Jairus' daughter was healed. So that's a lesson for us. Do not be afraid when an evil report is spoken over you. How many times have doctors come and said to the family, you better you better call your family in because he's going to uh, expire or she's going to expire. She's getting ready to die. But yet there's family members that are praying, church members praying. They're they're interceding. And all of them, all of a sudden that person turns. It's happened in my pastoral ministry. It's happened time and time and time and time again. People are at death's door and then all of a sudden God just quickens them. And they come out. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I remember one time years ago when I was uh, going to Bible school, there was a lady that I worked with and she was sad. And I asked her what the problem was. And she was so worried about her dad. Her dad was uh, he was losing his mind. He couldn't sleep. He was at death's door. And so what I did is I prayed the prayer of faith with her. And just and just in the name of Jesus, for that man to come out of that, for him to rest and come back and be in health. And then if the Lord wanted to take him home, he could take him home that way. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. That man came out 
of that terrible distress that he was in. Uh, he would clothe himself. He would go to church. He was a believer in Christ Jesus. And then one night he just died in his sleep, just went to be with the Lord. Praise God. That's that's God's best. Amen. We're not going to live here on this earth in these bodies forever. But there comes a time when death is when death is ready and the Lord is ready to receive us. We can go out like that. Amen. Praise God. We don't have to be afraid of death. We should have no fear of death. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now, <coughs> we're going to come to this next event in the ministry of Jesus. And this is called the woman with the issue of blood. And there's some very important things that we can learn in this uh, event uh, in, in the uh, Gospel of Mark. And as a matter of fact, if we will follow the actions and the faith of this woman, there is nothing that we cannot receive from the Lord, Lord, if it is his will. And of course, I'm here to tell you that healing is God's will. But there are so many things in this life that hinder a person from receiving healing. And we're going to look at them here in just well, actually, we're going to do it right now. Praise God. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So we see here that natural medicine could not help this woman. As a matter of fact, every year that she uh, had this debilitating disease, she grew worse. And I'm sure that she was near death's door. But now look what happens to this dear woman. Verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. She came in the crowd behind and touched his garment. Now, the first thing that this woman did is that she heard of Jesus. Something stirred on the inside of her. A hope stirred, but not just a hope. Something stirred on the inside of her, and she acted upon what she had heard. And that is so very, very, very important. When we hear of the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, or when we hear of salvation in Christ Jesus, we must act on what we hear. This woman did that. For she said, she came in the press behind. In other words, she wiggled her way through that crowd to get to Jesus. Amen. Because there was a crowd following him. There was a throng following him. Amen. Isn't it amazing how people that do miracles and signs and wonders attract a crowd? Oh, people, they want to see the show. Reminds me of a minister years ago. He, he started building his church. He called it a river church. Started building his church, build it on miracles, building, build it on the uh, moving of the Holy Ghost, you know, laying hands on people and everything like that. You know, he called it a river church. And then after about a year and a half, see, he managed to get some people to come. And then after about a year and a half, two years, the Lord said, you need to get back to teaching the word of God. And he did that. And I tell you what, it cleared out his congregation. 
You see, people get all excited about signs and wonders and miracles, but when it comes to sitting down and listening and paying attention to the Word, amen, learning obedience to the Word of God, uh, you know, people don't have time for that. And see, that's where, that's where we miss it as believers. It's like I used to have prayer meetings, certain services where I would have nothing but prayer meetings, and I would announce it. And church members wouldn't come. You know why? They said, oh, we don't need to go. All they're going to do is pray. <laughs> prayer and praise are the power plants in the church. That's what creates power in the church when we pray. But yet people don't see it. And that's why many of us in the church lead powerless lives. And Satan then takes advantage of us. But see, this woman heard of Jesus and she acted on what she had heard. She came in the press behind. But now notice what she was doing in verse 28. For she said, now, that is in, uh, if I remember right, it's in the aorist tense, which means it's a, it's a continual action. She kept saying within herself, she kept saying within herself, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. That's a faith statement brother and sister. That is a faith statement. She kept saying within herself, if I just can touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Amen. And that's exactly what she did. She touched the clothes of Jesus. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt, notice, she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. In other words, she received, as soon as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment she, and that power came out of him, she received that power in Jesus' name. And this is why a lot of people don't get healed. See, that power, that healing anointing comes upon them and it scares them Fear causes faith to fail and that anointing then becomes, uh, is not able, let me say it this way, is not able to enter into that person. Remember what Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. Not only do we have to hear and act, we also have to learn how to receive Receive the promises of God. Receive that healing anointing. That's what she did. She received. She felt in her body that she was healed. Praise God. Amen. Now, verse 30 and uh, verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up immediately. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, she was healed. Notice that past tense. She was healed. What was the precursor? If I, she kept saying within herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Not a stronger force, in, a stronger force in the English language than I shall be. I shall be whole. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She received that very thing that she desired of the Lord. Amen. Verse 30, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press, in the crowd, and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, do you see the multitude thronging thee, rubbing up against thee, touching thee, bumping shoulders with you? <laughs> 
And you say, who touched me? <laughs> and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him. See, that's the fourth thing this woman did. She testified. She told everybody there, the Lord Jesus and everybody, what God had done. Amen. That's how you keep your healing. You keep telling people about it. Amen. Stirring up the faith in other people that need the same thing that you need. Praise God. She testified to all what happened. And then Jesus said this. This is a remarkable statement. Verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. You mean to tell me that my faith can literally pull the miracle working of Jesus out of him? Absolutely, I'm telling you that. That's not just me telling you that. That's Jesus telling us that. We can have such faith through hearing the word, acting upon the word, putting that putting the word into practice and by faith, receiving that which we desire from God, that which he says that we can have. And then when we receive it, tell everybody about what Jesus has done. Amen. Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. I like the way Jesus said, and behold, of that plague. Jesus is saying to this woman, don't ever, don't ever let that come back on you again. The f same faith that you used to get healed is the same faith that you used to keep your healing. How many people who have received healing have lost their healing because of a counterattack? Those symptoms would come back on them. And the very first thing they'd, they'd do is because of fear, they receive, they receive that fear. They receive that counterattack. They receive those symptoms back as if they were true. And they lose their healing. So we must remember that the same faith that we use to receive our healing is the same faith that we use to keep our healing. People who are miraculously healed must spend time being taught the Word of God, being taught faith in the Word in order to keep their healing. So the woman with the issue of blood was healed based upon her own faith. Her faith in and her action drew the healing power of Jesus out of him into her. And she received that power and she was instantly healed. Then she testified to the truth of what had happened. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a tremendous, I mean a tremendous miracle. And what a tremendous lesson for us today. If we'll employ the same methods this woman employed, these same actions, there's nothing that is the will of God that will stay away from us. We can receive everything that God says that we can have in Jesus' name. We must hear the word. We must act upon what we've heard. Amen. We must receive our miracle by faith. Amen. And testify to it in the name of Jesus. How important it is for faith and confession to be found in every individual believer in Jesus name. So that's a great method by which Jesus healed. Amen. 
Well, now here's another method that Jesus used for healing. And we'll go through this real quick. This is found in John chapter five. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at the certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Amen. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there a long time in that case, he said to him, will you be made whole? And the impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. I want you to notice these things now. These people were what? What were they doing? They were waiting. They were waiting for the moving of the water. The unfortunate thing about this lame man is that he had not heard of Jesus. He didn't know who Jesus was. You see, that's the great infirmity. That's in the world today. People have not heard about the healing miracles of Jesus. How many churches in America do not teach or preach about the miracle power of Jesus and how through faith we can receive everything that we desire from him? Amen. That is his will for us to receive. Not very many. So we have congregations, thousands, millions of people that don't know and have not heard about the miracle working of Jesus. Oh, they lay it off on Jesus. Jesus did this. But, you know, we can't do that because, you know, the age of miracles is past and this and that and the other, which, you know, what one preacher said is junk, bunk and hogwash. What Jesus did in his earthly ministry, he has empowered the church to do throughout the church age. Amen. So these people were laying beside this pool. They were waiting waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for something to happen before they could get in. And see, this is not faith. This is hope. Hope is, is hoping that God, looking to the future, that God is going to do something. Well, the Lord will hear me, heal me someday. No, now is the time to believe. Amen. Praise God. And see, this man was laying there 38 years. He had this infirmity. Notice it says, and when Jesus saw him lying and knew that he'd been a long time in that case, he said to him, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? He didn't have to say that to the woman with the issue of blood, did he? Because this woman heard and she believed and she acted on what she believed. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment and that virtue went out of him. But in this case, he had to ask this man, do you want to be well? Now, listen to what the man says here. He says, sir, I have no man. See, he's looking purely on a horizontal level. He, I have no man. It's like Christians that, uh, you know, the least little symptom, instead of praying the prayer of faith, going to the word of God and say, now, Jesus, I know that you're my healer. Amen. And, and pray to receive that healing. They go straight to the doctor. They don't even pray about 
the situation that's in their body. Well, the doctors do great and wonderful things, but they're not God. There's a lot that they can't do. And there's a lot that they do that is not right. In other words, that is wrong. Wrong diagnosis, wrong medicine. Many of them don't know what's going on in your body. They just have to guess. Well, Jesus knows exactly what's going on in our body. He's the great physician. Amen. Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Well, Jesus just plainly says to him, rise, take up your bed and rock. And as soon as Jesus did that by authority and power, the power of God hit that man. And immediately that man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. I mean, he just walked off. Isn't that sad? He did not even turn around and get on his knees, fall down before the Lord Jesus to thank him for his healing. He just got up and walked off. The world, and I'll say it this way, the church world is filled with this kind of faith. Unfortunately, this is where most people reside. But notice that everybody in that, in that was at that pool didn't get healed. Only very few. One, as a matter of fact. One person received Jesus. One person received their healing. Oh, friends, let me tell you something. There's a way that we can get healed in a much better way than this. And that's having the same kind of faith and action that the woman with the issue of blood. Amen. I want you to think about that. Praise God. We've run out of time. God bless you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and for your mercy. Now, Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to make this word real in our hearts. And we'll praise you and give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.